started our series on Purim yesterday, and uh, hopefully we'll have Siyat Deshmaya to continue it until Purim, so we have some understanding. We started talking about a little bit at the end of the Vad yesterday about Amalek, but I just want to make something clear that we want to try to avoid only being involved in the concepts. We want to try to make this practical and down to earth and to try to create for ourselves a real practical derech avoidah. So obviously, to give each and every person their own derech avoidah, I can't do because it's not a personal conversation. But to bring it down close enough that every person can take their own seichel and their own mind and try to do something with it. Okay? That's the idea. We realize that the Mulchama against Amalek, which is a very, very important part of the whole Purim thing, and the Chiv Daraisa of Zachoret Asher Asalecha Amalek, that we have to try to develop within ourselves a certain feeling of hatred towards Amalek and a desire to destroy them, which is not an easy thing. Because the Muhammad against Amalek is not like the Pshad is that you have people attacking you and trying to kill you, so therefore it's very clear that they are the enemy. This we're talking about a spiritual thing and how Amalek spiritually is destroying our lives and destroying the Nitzchias and the plan and purpose of the world. And we have to really internalize those concepts until we develop a hatred. So it's a work. It's not a simple thing to uh, desire to destroy Amalek. And even when we talk about the story that Zachoret Asher Asalecha Amalek Baderech Betzetechem Mitzrayim, they attacked the Jewish people, it's not the point that we are thinking about that story and we're very upset about it. It's really what that story represents. For example, just as a marshal, let's say we see a person giving a piece of bread to a man who's very poor and he's starving and he needs food to eat. So a, a, a person, a rich person or whatever it is, a person who has bread, goes ahead and takes a piece of his bread and he gives it to the poor person. So there's the physical act, there's the physical piece of bread, but it's much deeper than that, right? From that action, we're able to see that the person has compassion, he has mercy, we see that he's able to take away something that belongs to him and give it away to someone else. And the Divas Halev, it's the tzura of the Maisa that in the ideals of the Maisa, that really, it's just the Metzias and the Hechatim, so how to bring that out. But there's something deeper, right? So the same thing when Amola came to attack us after Kriyas Yamsuf, before Matan Torah, it's not the, just the physical act. It's what that act represents. So once it's what that act represents, then in today's generation we can have that same problem going on in a different form, with a different storyline. So you have to understand we're going for more the deeper step. We're not just thinking about the actual attack. Maybe Amalek will not attack us in the way they attacked us when we left Mitzrayim, and we don't have to worry about them as an enemy is concerned attacking our lives, you know? So we got to try to get the amkis, a little bit of what's going on. So let's say, for example, yesterday, we spoke a little bit about the philosophy of life that Amalek represents and living in the world with Amalek and their hashpah. That means we have to internalize what is the 
problem with their philosophy of life, and it's not necessarily Amalek. It's the nations of the world that were mushba from Amalek is, is the same thing. We have to realize how that those ideals and that approach of life diametrically opposes the way we're supposed to live life and how living amongst the Goyim is actually affecting our, our mindset. And by affecting our mindset, they are actually causing us destruction because if I get lost in a Amalek philosophy of life, then I can destroy my whole nitzchis. I can destroy my whole olam habo. I can take my whole purpose in life and throw it down in the garbage. So they're affecting me, and therefore, understanding the two parts, understanding the the pesha, understanding how bad it actually is, and understanding the repercussions that it has on my life, that's what makes me hate it. That's what makes me want to fight it. That's a very deep point. So even though today, after Sancheriv mixed up the world, and I can't exactly look at a guy in the face and say, oh, he's Amaleki, I have to kill him. But I still can see the manifestation of the Amaleki uh, way of philosophy in life, how I'm being affected, how my children are being affected, how Claudius soul is being affected, and, uh, and the repercussions of that. And one, the first step is to identify it. And the second step is to try to live Jewish and not Amaleki philosophy. And then to so much be against it that I don't allow it to penetrate. And when the opportunity would, would arise to destroy it, I would be able to destroy it. That's the idea, right? So in yesterday's Vod, we spoke about the concept of they live Bederich Mikra. Mikra means that everything is, doesn't have a purpose to it. It's random. Everything is random. What goes on in your life is random. I'm having a difficult situation with my chabrusa. So I could get very random about it. And I could say, well, he has this type of personality or this way of thinking, and it gets on my nerves. I get all caught up in the scientific explanation as to what the problem is there. And the siba masuvav, and I look at it as a random act. Instead of seeing it part of a bigger picture of my life, that my life is supposed to reach a certain shlemus, as we call it, and to try to reach to a point of dveikas ba'ashem, and no act that goes on in my life is random. It's actually connected to the bigger picture. So there's something that's going on over here that's going to help me make tikkun hamidis, or to do avoida, right? So nothing's random. It belongs to a bigger picture. You understand? So the, 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 the details of the case that brings out the lumdus of the case, right? Let's say I have to work on, for example, I have to work on savlanut. Savlanut doesn't just mean patience, but savlanut means I have to be able to tolerate that my will is not being met. I have to be able to tolerate the pain of that my ratzon is not being met, right? So we could cook up six billion examples in a person's life, how that could come out. So you have to be a very big lamdin, and then you have to see this thing that's going on in front of you is testing you in savlanut. So right away, your focus has to be, my job is to figure out how to work on my midah because it's part of a much bigger picture than the actual thing that's going on in front of me, right? 
So Esav, we said, lives a world of shov. Shov means purposeless. If a person goes outside, it's sunny outside, we can all see it, the windows are open, and he makes a shvu in the name of Hashem, that it is sunny outside. So that's called the shvu, shov. Because he's not lying, but there's no purpose. So he's using Hashem's name without a purpose. That's a chilun in Hashem. That's when you say Hashem Hashem. But living a life that's shav means that the life has no purpose. No purpose. What do you mean it has no purpose? I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a millionaire. What do you mean? There's no purpose. I have a purpose, right? And Jared says that that's still called no purpose. Because if it doesn't connect to the big picture of the, 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 the gather of what the world was created for and what your purpose in the world is and the gilu shemayim that you have to bring and the shleimahs you have to reach, so then it became very random. Once it becomes random, it's like living a life that has no purpose. So, asher kor chobaderech, mikre, and living shav, these are all the same things. So now that's very easy to get caught into because... You could be extremely caught up with your life and everything that's going on in it and the whole world is involved in that. People are pursuing wealth and pursuing different things and you can get caught up with that very quickly. But your whole life is random. Your whole life is shove. Your whole life is empty. So that's something that we have to identify that the nations of the world around us, namely the United States where we live, is living a life of mikra and shav. And by us living amongst these people, make it very difficult for us to live a life of purpose, a life of tachlis, a life that belongs to the bigger picture, the life of emunah, the life of kedusha, whatever term you want to use. It becomes very complicated to live that way. So part of machotim chet zechel amalek is to see that. There's a world around me that lives a certain way, which is counterproductive for my purpose, counterproductive to the purpose of the world, it's affecting me, and I have to identify that and say, what am I going to do to uh, negate the evil? That's a very practical, down-to-earth you know, thing when we talk about Timchet Zechel Amalek. So we're going to continue in the Sugi of Amalek and try to get the Amkis Amkis into what's going on with this Amalek over here. So there is a Chazal that quotes a Pasuk, that attributes a midah of Leitzonus to Amalek. So we want to try to understand that a little bit. Obviously, it's a massive subject. But we, understand, we want to try to understand what this thing called Leitzonus is and how does it connect to the previous vad that we said. Okay? We're going to try to connect the different points. Tomorrow we're going to discuss the third attribute that, this, that we talk about when we speak about Amalek. It's called Amalek is compared to a dog. To a kelev, many many sources in Chazal, benigla uh, ubenister, that Amalek is considered like a dog. So we have to talk about that, but that will be tomorrow. Today we talk about the leitzonis aspect and try to daherit and and what the power of leitzonis. So basically, just before we like start to like crack up this thing called leitzonis, we want to understand the purpose of leitzonis. Why does a person use leitzonis? Right. So. Leitzonis is the vehicle, the kaycha nefesh that one uses in order to come to what we call prikas ol. He doesn't want to have the yoke of malchus shemayim on his head. He doesn't want to have that responsibility. So he has to get rid of that responsibility. 
So it's connected with prikas ol and lack of yirushamayim. Because yirushamayim, basically what it does is, it gives you awareness, strong awareness of Hashem, strong awareness that Hashem punishes for Averis, strong awareness that He runs the world and there's a plan and purpose. That's Yirush Hashem, right? So when the Jewish people left Egypt, this awareness was so clear. After Hashem punished the evildoers, He saves Klal Yisrael. After all the makas, after Kriyas Yamsuf, the awareness is so strong, which creates also pachad. Yerushalayim is a very, very strong thing, right? And Amalek, he wants, he's loyal Elohim. He doesn't allow all this thing to penetrate into his heart. So he's loyal Elohim. He doesn't allow it to penetrate, and he's going to try to make sure the whole world doesn't get in the spall. He takes his spineless, takes away this spineless from the lave. You have to see, if we have time, we'll go through Mesir Sisharim line by line, when he discusses Leitzanus and he says Amkis on top of Amkis, one line after the next. But the bottom line is that Leitzanus is not going to allow this year Shemayim and the old Malchus Shemayim to penetrate. And therefore, it's going to kind of like free the person of the reality. Even though the reality is very clear, but he's going to be free from that reality. I'll just give you a marshal, right? Masil Sasharim talks about how Arias. Arias in a human being, before late Sonus comes in, Arias in a, few, in a human being, he says, the tzir, not just in the seichel, in the tzir halev, it's like very clear to you, and you daher it in a very clear way, the, the ugliness in Arias, the lowness of Arias, and the oinish of Arias. So that's something that's, that's it's, 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 you're afraid to get near it, you know that it's a very low thing, but Leitzonis brings a person to arise. That means it takes that awareness, it takes that seer, and it removes it from the lave, and that allows you to do it. I mean, you wouldn't be able, basically, in other words, what Mrs. Hashem is saying, a deep, deep thing. Nobody in his right mind can ever do arise. That's how engraved deeply in our Seer of our seichel and our lave that Arias is bad. Nobody in their right mind can do that. Can't do it. So how do we do it? How does it happen? So it needs the force of Leitzanus to bring you to it. That's what the Basilis is trying to say. Without Leitzanus, you're not getting to Arias. So that's just an example. We have to explain all that amkis, you know, exactly how that works. But... What Leitzanus will do to you is it'll allow you to do something that was previously clear to you, Sheikh Mosa. But it'll, it'll make it like you, he says, it'll make you like you're drunk or like you become a shaita. And therefore, no matter what you tell the guy, it's not going to penetrate. Okay? He also says there's another attribute to Leitzanus, which we'll also try to talk about a little bit. Even if this takes me two vods to do it, I'll do it over two vods. I just want to make sure the overview is clear here. They says that it will not allow you to be nispol from Musr. So you'll hear Musr, or you'll see uh, punishment in the world, you'll see din in the world, and you will not allow it to affect your heart. So Leitzan is a very deep thing. So I want to today just take the first layer of Leitzanus, okay? The first layer of it. Because most of us don't really understand Leitzanus. We think Leitzanus is jokes, or sense of humor, and it has nothing really to do with that 
per se. Uh, maybe some of it includes humor or jokes, but that's not the depth of it. So let's try to take one thing, for example. Okay? You'll have what the Chazal in many places says Leitzonis is, let's say, a person who plays sports, having fun, excitement, it, 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 going to the theater, going to the sports arenas, Moshav Leitzim. Right? Why is that Leitzonis? What exactly about that is Leitzonis? It's not necessarily funny even. A guy could go to a theater and he could watch a show that's very emotional. And he could cry. Why is that Leitzonis, you know? Why is uh, playing sports, not necessarily playing sports, we'll talk about that, how that could be not Leitzonis in a certain way, which I'll explain to you in a minute. But let's say following sports or things like that. Why is that Leitzonis? Why, why is that defined as Leitzonis? Okay, so the, the basic idea is like this. Leitzonis means when I go into something that has no purpose, the feeling good doesn't come from accomplishment. It doesn't come from growth. It doesn't come from doing something I'm responsible to do. The good feelings, the happy feelings, the geschmack feelings, the... the, the you know, the, the feelings of excitement and happiness is not coming from something that's real or purposeful. It's not bringing me anywhere. It's only fun for the sake of fun. It's excitement for the sake of excitement. That's already called Leitzanus. Let's get the Amkis here. Again, in life, you're supposed to feel good. It's very important. It's a big mitzvah. Simcha. Hashem simcha. We have to be full of oinig, right? This is a good geschmack of life, right? However, the geschmackheit of life has to come from places of achievement. Overcoming challenges, doing my responsibility, working on myself, connecting with Hashem. The place of ava, Simcha. These type of things have to come from real places, right? Then, then there's like a fake version of it, which it looks like it, but it's not it. It looks like it. Fun, games, excitement, adrenaline pumping, this type of things, right? This is not inherently Jewish because it's really Hevel. It's, 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 it's a distortion of what real happiness is and real excitement is. So when I go into a world that doesn't have any purpose, like let's say I want to play baseball, right? So I could make baseball as just like plain excitement for no purpose, or I could make something out of it. I could learn teamwork, how to work with people. I could work on different things where the actual game itself will be purposeful. It doesn't have to be dafka Torah. You can make something else purposeful where I can get a certain break so I can be able to learn. It's, it's purposeful. The geschmack that I have in the thing could be purposeful. It's possible to be purposeful. That's a, a game changer, you know? And, but if it's about having fun and just sitting around, let's say guys sitting around and just schmoozing and for no purpose, that's called leitzanus. Even if they didn't make a joke, it's called leitzanus. Because then I'm taking life and precious parts of life and precious moments of life and I'm just wasting it on Hevel 
but I'm getting a certain sipuk from it. You see, here's the here's the amkis. The amkis says I'm getting a sipuk from it. Some feeling of enjoyment and pleasure and happiness and and gishmak and excitement and fun and, and I'm getting something from it. But it's a distorted a version of what real happiness is. So then I go into a world that's not real. Leitzonis is going into a world that's not real. So once I'm in a world that's not real, in the not real fantasy uh, world, that virtual reality, that fake world that I'm in, in that world there's no schar there's no tachlis of the bria, there is nothing there. It's just excitement for the sake of excitement and, and enjoyment for the sake of enjoyment. It does not part of something. So you have to understand, really, if you think into it deep, I don't want to go too deep today, but if you into certain things, because I'd rather keep it more private than public. But let's, let's take like one thing. Like why do people enjoy games so much? What do they enjoy about games, playing a game so much? A board game, whatever game you want to play, right? <clears throat> What's the excitement? What, 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 what talks to people? One of the deep things, the psychologists are busy with this, but one of the deep things of it is that it's disconnected from my responsibilities in life. It's not connected to what I was doing. It's not bringing me to where I have to go. And during this game, this becomes the tachlis hachayim. The tachlis is no tachlis. So it's free of any responsibilities. It's free of anything. And just checking out of reality and living in fantasy world in this fantasy world of monopoly, I could be a millionaire. Without the achrayas, without the work, without all that. I could just be a millionaire without anything else. In that dimion that I'm in right now. And that's what gives me a tremendous pleasure. So that's why it's leitzanis. Because once I live a world of leitzanis, very hard to live in reality. Now you can have a more sophisticated leitzanis. People coming and working and making money and driving nice cars and building beautiful homes is also late sonas. Because again, it's, it's a fantasy world. This is not the Tachos Achayim. You're going to have to pay for that. You know, the burnt time and energy that you put into Gashmias instead of developing yourself. There's going to be a day you have to pay for that. But you can't see that because you're living in the world of fantasy. So a Molek creates this late which the, in the world of Leitzanus, there's no all. In the world of Leitzanus, there's no yoke. There's no Malchus Shemayim. There's no Yerush Shemayim. There's no Schar Vainish. There's nothing in that world. So now we see how the two concepts, the concept that we spoke yesterday, and the concept we're speaking today are not entirely two different concepts. When, when Amalek wants to live Bimikra, that everything is just Sibu Masuviv, and there's no involvement in Rabbanish Shalom, he has to use the power of Leitzonis to do that because Amalek is no dumbbell. Amalek saw what happened to Egypt. Amalek saw Kriyas Yamsov. He's not a fool. He's not a, he's not a, you know, a shaita. The whole world saw it. The whole world was shaking. It was Yerei Elohim. The whole world was Yerei Elohim. So he had to have some kayach to be able to divorce the reality and live in the fantasy. He had to have that. That's the Koyach HaLaitzanis. And we see in Chazal it says, why Dafka did Moshe Rabbeinu pick Yehoshua Benun to fight against Amalek? So it says, because Yehoshua Benun, 
is, uh, is coming from the Shevet of Yosef. And Yosef said, Et And by Amalek it says, That means you need someone who is clear Yerushalayim. It's clear. He can, like the Chofetz Chaim said, I can walk outside and Hashem is clear to me like the sun is clear. You have to have someone who, who, who's clear in order to expose the emptiness in Amalek Shita. It's not so simple. If you live half in dominion yourself, how are you supposed to fight Amalek? How are you supposed to not like that? So again, the practical takeaway of the last two Vads is we have to try more and more, slowly, obviously, to live more in the world of reality. To have a life that's much bigger than our little selves. It belongs to something much bigger. It belongs to a Malchushamayim. And yes, we have a Yetzirah not to have all. Prikas all is a big Yetzirah within us. We don't want to have to be confined. We don't have to want to bend. The, the, the Masil Sisharim Parakit says that part of Yira is to bring a person to be Machnia to Hashem. I don't want to be Machnia to Hashem. Hashem wants me to be, let's say, poor, for example. Because over there is my Avoidah in the Malchushamayim. I don't want to be poor. Mechataisi. Uh, Hashem wants you to have this type of parent, or this type of thing, or this type of situation, or a bad chabrusa, or whatever. I don't want that. So I have to be machnia to him. And say, you know what? He knows better. This is the work. This is the malchashamayim I have to have. So Yira has to bring tachnoa. Yira, the Ramchal says, has to bring to a certain level of what we'll call busha, which we'll talk more about tomorrow when we discuss the attribute of a kelev, that's Shaykh Tamalik. Yira brings the stuff. Stuff that we do not necessarily want. But how do we divorce the reality? You know, you read the Torah, it says in the Torah what's the punishment for different things. So we gotta use the power of late sonus. So we're not living in that realistic place. So we have to try to again, this is work, and this is really what the avoid of Purim is. This is the avoid of Mechias Amalek. Understanding that even though superficially the light of life of fun, excitement, uh, being divorced of the big picture as much as possible, whether it's in a game or whether it's in business, because you don't want to think about the big picture. You only want to think about your random life and the money that you make and the enjoyment and the pleasure it brings to you. That is counterproductive to your existence. And is, there's repercussions for that. And we have to try to work on it. Obviously, every person according to his level, but this thinking that has to go into this, that's part of the mitzvah of Zohar as Hashem, also Lucha Amalek. Because Amalek came with the power of Leitzanus. He came with the power of Loyare Elohim. You see, he was Mizalzal and Brismila. He made Leitzanus. He came with the power of Loyare Elohim. He came with Mikra. He came, the mice of Amalek was the manifestation of these deeper Midas Royas. And these philosophies, like we started off the Vat today. We don't get caught up in outside details. Outside details are only to bring us to the Amkis. It was a manifestation of certain Midas. Being that it's a manifestation of those Midas, find it in the United States of America today. Where no one's attacking you. No one's coming to kill you. But where's the manifestation of the culture of today, of these bad Midas? How you get lost in it? And how you're deviating from your purpose in life, and what it's actually the repercussions, how it's affecting you. That's the idea. We have to try to acquire Yerushamayim, knock out the late sunnis, live a life that's purposeful. Obviously, you're not going to switch your whole mindset after one vod, 
but it's it's a direction. The direction that we're trying to reach with the avoid of Mechir Samolek and Puri. We'll stop here for today.